best way to acquire customers um, is do amazing work. Um, and you know we do you know we do a great job uh, answering RFPs, um, requests for uh, proposals, and, and going through the government contracting process. But at the end of the day, the delivery of great work um, is how we've grown. Welcome to the Big Time Podcast, where we have honest conversations with industry professionals who have advice that's right for you. In this edition of the Big Time Podcast, we meet with Chris Wimbush, Chief Operating Officer of Rios Partners. They're one of the fastest growing management consulting firms in the country right now, so we're really excited to learn what their secret is. How have they been able to grow so rapidly in such a short time span? And is human-centered design really the best strategy for growing organizations? Today, we're going to find out. Welcome to the Big Time Podcast. I'm your host, Alexander. I'm excited to be joined by my guest today, Chris Wimbush, who's part of Rios Partners. Welcome, Chris. Good to have you on. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Now, uh, Rios Partners, a lot has been happening for you guys. I'm excited to hear both the journey that that Rios Partners has been on and you yourself and where you're headed. I mean, going since the beginning of the pandemic, going from 20 to 80 people, a lot of change in, in just a little over, over a year. Uh, your role specifically as COO, can you just share though, kind of what you uh, look after? Sure, no, absolutely. And uh, again, thanks so, so much for having me. So in my role as Chief Operating Officer, um, I have responsibility for human resources. So taking care of our team, thinking about the employee experience, of course, compliance, uh, but also talent and learning and development. Um, I uh, oversee finance, um, so that's everything from working with our vendors and subcontractors, um, working with our clients um, in terms of accounts receivables and payables, um, and improving our financial reporting processes. Um, administrative services, so one of the areas of growth um, has been rethinking our staffing model around um, administrative support, as well as um, hopefully soon moving into our first permanent office, um, which will be part of that, that piece. Um, and then um, finally, um, technology services. So uh, during the pandemic, obviously, um, as we moved to a fully remote environment, uh, and we were doing a great job, I think, with technology services, but I'm figuring out how to onboard folks remotely, figuring out how to uh, um, uh, to manage our infrastructure. Uh, that's been an interesting set of challenges. So yeah, those are the those are the areas that I focus on, and have fantastic colleagues that uh, support. Just a few responsibilities. <laughs> Just a few. You uh, you joined in 2019. The the firm itself started in 2016. Correct. Two two co-founders uh, and then added two partners later. That's correct. Yeah, we were founded in 2016. Our two uh, our two founders, Joshua and Zach, um, both met each other um, at another management consulting firm. Um, both were former um, former army um, officers um, and and were doing public sector consulting um, and then decided to go out on their own. And so they formed Rio's partners. Uh, we added on uh, two additional uh, directors or partners, um, and we've been off to the races ever since. Now, as a uh, you guys are based in Virginia as mm -hmm. a management consulting firm. You mostly work with federal and nonprofit uh, nonprofits. Is that correct? Yeah, um, so we've we certainly worked with commercial clients, but our our focus is really um, make changing the road by by helping to transform um, uh, the nonprofits and public institutions um, that have a tremendous impact on on, on the country um, and even some of our some of our um, other supporting work around the world. So 
Now, now for our listeners who've uh, heard our other episodes, we, there's usually four uh, topics that we cover, staff, projects, service, and brand. Staff, starting there, though, going from 20 to 80, as we touched at the very beginning, that that is a quite a large leap. I mean, for the first, let's say, you know, three, four years, coming up to around 20 people, good growth right there. You joined in 2019, and just within a year or two later, jumping to 80. What what can you tell me about that journey? What did that? What was that like? Yeah, so I mean, it's... It's been interesting to watch. I started my work um, on the consulting side. So I, I joined the company as a consultant. Um, and so, you know, for that first year, um, you know, we were adding folks um, um, and, you know, could see the growth. Um, but really COVID, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, was in a lot of ways partly a, a, a you know, partly, you know, we do, we do a lot of healthcare consulting um, for federal agencies, supply chain consulting. And so as you can imagine, there was a, a you know, an opportunity to help the country respond to, uh, to the pandemic. And so that required often, you know, recruiting folks um, and being able to work on those projects. But in a lot of ways, it was is sort of timing of a lot of work that we've been putting in um, to develop new uh, platforms, new agencies to work for, um, new areas to work for. And so when, you know, our growth was sort of a product of doing great work and being asked to do more and the timing of that just sort of like hit for, it was sort of a, oh, this is great. This is, you know, you know all of these things that we've been doing to, to, to move forward um, and to grow sort of started to, um, uh, those seeds we planted uh, started to, to actually grow. When you think about, you, you, of, if you think about what contributed to this major growth, you, you've teased a few things, but I'm wondering if we could just look at it a little bit deeper. You're saying, you laid some seeds with the, with the customers that you had, but then it was the pandemic because of the change in how you were consulting. You were a key person to help in this COVID environment. Can can you just dive a little bit deeper? Sure, absolutely. So some of it, um, so some of that growth was the product of our strategy, which has been, um, I think that you know we we tend to have the view that the best way to acquire customers. Um, is do amazing work. Um, and, you know, we do, you know, we do a great job of, uh, answering RFPs, um, requests for uh, proposals and, and going through the government contracting process. But at the end of the day, the delivery of great work um, is how we've grown um, and has been our strategy. And, 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 and I, I recognize it sounds like, oh, everyone wants to do great work, but, um, but, you know, there are some companies that are amazing at selling uh, and sometimes a little less uh, less great at execution on projects. And I think we pride ourselves on being good at selling, but great in terms of project execution. Um, and so, uh, you know, a lot of our growth has been fortunate, has been the product of, um, you know, customers being really happy with what we've done um, um, and us being able to continue to work with them and grow within certain agencies, grow within certain offices. Um, and that's been super fortunate um, um, for us. So, you know, during this period of growth in last year, some of the seeds we lay, uh, you know, well before the pandemic of grow of working with agencies, um, of really sort of focusing on executing well and exceeding expectations, um, you know, produced um, additional work, which was fantastic. Um, and then there was an element of some of the work we've done for the, uh, for the federal government um, around healthcare, healthcare innovation, supply chains, um, and as you can imagine. That 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 was a useful skill set um, to be able to contribute to the 
pandemic response. Uh, we'll come back to, to the service and brand because I I get delivering quality work it, it matters but maybe we could break that down we'll come back to that later sure. coming back to the people though because yes you did explode what were you what what do you think of you were because you were part of that growth mm-hmm. as more and more people coming on and then you eventually became coo um what were some of the key hires what, what were you looking for that that okay this these are the right people when you're when you're hiring people like what's that strategy what are you looking for yeah, so I mean, I think it depends on the role. Um, and so as we've grown, um, we've always um, been pretty uh, pretty good at uh, recruiting and hiring. Um, if you think about how our staff is configured, uh, we have analysts, um, and then there's a senior version of them based on experience, an analyst, a consultant, um, a project leader, a principal, and a director. So that's sort of our consulting staff sort of hierarchy. Um, and so typically, you know, analysts are folks that are coming out of uh, coming out of school, um, looking for you know, growth and learning opportunities. Um, you know, fantastic to have them on the team. Consultants are usually folks that are coming out of grad school, a little bit more work experience, um, expected to do a little bit more management of both client relationships and our analyst team. Project leaders, as you can imagine from the title, are folks that are, are leading our projects. Um, and then principals are sort of one step that might be leading a large platform of work um, or uh, a set of projects that are related. Um, and so for us, hiring analysts and consultants, we've, we've always been pretty fortunate about recognizing talent, both, you know, good, you know, fidelity to, to our values, but also um, folks that are, you know, data, data oriented, data, uh, data analysis and delivering um, uh, using analytics is a big component of, of what we do. So we've, we usually have been quite good at that. I think the challenge for growth has been on the, on the staffing side is, is finding amazing project leaders and principals um, who can you know, lead whole pieces of work and projects. And, and I think for many companies, that's just a function of finding the right combination of skills, relationship management, um, 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 and, and sort of desire to, to, to come to a company of our size. Was it all smooth sailing? I mean, can you share any, any bumpy waters that you went through of lessons learned? Yeah. So I think, um, so one, I think one is, as I already mentioned, is I think figuring out how to get to know folks, um, when you're in an entirely remote environment, um, especially when you need to understand some of the soft skills um, or non-technical skills. So for our, for our analysts and consultants, we use a case interview, um, as a lot of consulting firms do. We provide that case ahead of time. Um, they do some analysis, they present on it. So you can sort of, even in a remote environment, you could still um, you know, approximate um, the interview process that we used pre-COVID. The only difference was instead of coming into the office and doing your presentation, you did it. You did it virtually. Um, for project leaders and principals, um, you know, it, it's really about having, you know, on some level, you, yes, you, they go through a case interview as well, um, um, testing some different types of skills, but at its core, you want to get to know them. Um, and so what used to be a fairly, you know, I'd say, br- not brief, but like a f- efficient hiring process where they would come in, meet with our folks, you know, pre-pandemic. Um, you know, that was relatively easier to do. Um, and so honestly, you know, we've, we've actually added interviews for more senior folks um, or more conversations, I would almost say. Now, you, you scaled up with the number of people and the yep. number of work 
theoretically because you you needed the people, you have that much work. When we look at the projects and you're having to manage the people who manage the projects, what were some of the the metrics and, 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 and tools you were using to make sure everything was going smoothly and the people had what they needed, they were trained on what they needed and the projects were going well? Yeah, so it's been an evolution from, I mean, I think that's where I've seen the most change. Um, the combination of our work and being remote and, and managing those projects. And so when you're 20 folks, um, you can get everyone in the company in the same room. You can get project teams, you know, basically around a small, you know, the Amazon, another Amazon example, I think Jeff Bezos of, of the two pizza rule. Um, you know, you shouldn't have a meeting that, you know, you can't feed with two pizzas. Um, for, you know, for a good chunk of our company, you could get, uh, our company's history, you could get most folks around around the same conference room table. During the pandemic, and given our growth, you both could not get anyone around the same table uh, for, for health and safety reasons. But more importantly, our project teams um, and got larger. And so we've had to leverage a variety of tools in order to manage our work. Um, you know, we've transitioned, we're a Microsoft 365 company, for example. And so we've worked hard to leverage um, you know, uh, you know, planner project to do, um, sort of the productivity suite that Microsoft has launched big time has been a big component of, of managing a fully virtual invoicing process. Um, and, you know, managing who's on what projects and staff billing rates, deliverables that need to be charged. Um, and then, you know, pre pandemic, when we were smaller, a lot of the reporting that we generate out of, um, out of something like big time, I, you know, I could do right. Oh, you need a report, you need an hours report. And what you find is when you're at 20, 30 projects, uh, and you know, uh, eight or nine project leaders, um, that, you know, the ability, it was really important to self-serve facilitate self-service of some of the analytical tools that we have available to us. And so we've been working hard to implement systems to support projects, um, that allow project leaders and principals to sort of take charge of, of managing that project, whether it's the tasks through some of the Microsoft uh, tools, whether it's um, the invoicing, financial reporting, you know, team management um, um, through through big time. Um, we're implementing a contract management system to, 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 to transition some of that legal work down to the project level. So in terms of delivering projects, um, you know, we've really, that growth, I think, is where you've seen the most systems and processes break, but also get reborn um, 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 as we've scaled. And you start to say, okay, you know, where are the bottlenecks? And then how do we enable, the, um, you know, our project leaders and principals to get the data they need and the information they need to run their projects without having to ask another human being? Um, and that's been something we've been focused on. How one uses their time is 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 is, is paramount of, of because there's only so much energy and as as a human centered design being able to, to to capitalize on it is is incredibly important. If you were to give any word of advice or a word of wisdom on on how you your own time and energy has been has spent and changed since coming from twenty people now to eighty people and beyond, um, what comes to your mind? Yeah, so I think. Um, and before I got, uh, you know, I spent a year on the consulting staff, um, about another year as a manager on the business team, um, focused on it and finance, and then added, um, HR and administrative services, um, a couple months ago. And so like, certainly when I was a business operations manager, 
Um, I was, you know, 95% individual contributor. Um, and so most of my time was spent doing, um, and then as we got bigger and scaled, added more folks, to the business services team, um, built that team out more, uh, my time is, you know, in, in some areas like human resources or technology services, we've got extraordinary folks that are leading the way in those spaces. And so that's, those have been areas where I can take a step back from being an individual contributor um, and more about thinking about strategy and process management and, and sort of project management and prioritization. I spent a lot more of my time in those spaces um, figuring out how to prioritize activities um, rather than doing that. Chris, thank you. For, for sharing this, the insights that you've had as you've been on your own personal journey, as well as Rio's Partners has grown immensely this past year and some, and some of the, the lessons learned over this time. It has been great to be able to hear it all. Thank you. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. And for those who are listening, we look forward to hearing, uh, jo having you join us on our next episode of Big Time Podcast. For more info, go to podcasts.bigtime.net and be sure to subscribe to the Big Time Podcast to get notified when our next episode goes live.